In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure, cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, big virtual climb sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps inside or outside, on stairs, on the road or your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash big climb. The owners and players union are still at a standstill, so do we need to think about drafting differently for an even shorter season? Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have not had the three co-brews yet. It worked great in a fantasy I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Monday, June 8th. I'm Al Melchior, and I am here with Derek Van Riper and DVR. As I just mentioned, and I'll mention it again, the date is June 8th. There was a deadline, uh, a, a target deadline of June 10th for spring training. I don't think they're going to make it. Just uh, <laughs> doesn't look like it. <laughs> Bold predictions. Um Without a June 10th start to spring training, uh, it's highly inconceivable, probably just impossible that we are going to have baseball by the 4th of July and really no start date for either spring training spring training, or for the regular season in sight. And there are holdups both in terms of the labor owners negotiations and also in terms of the uh, health and safety issues, which I feel like I've been hearing about and reading about a little less lately. Uh, so let me just recap those developments quickly. And then DVR, um, we, we can talk about that a little bit and what it might mean. Uh, the uh, labor side of things, um, the uh, Players Association's uh, chief negotiator, Bruce Meyer, sent a letter to Deputy Commissioner Dan Halem uh, basically in response to his uh, rejection of the 114 uh, game plan uh, by, you know, by the players union. And um, Meyer's letter said that the union has no obligation to support an expanded postseason should major league baseball impo- impose uh, a short schedule. So it's basically just their way of trying to have some leverage and, and avoid, um, you know, having to play a, a schedule of 50 games or a, a number I saw cited frequently 48 games, a really short season. So the union is digging, the union is digging in um, and all the details on this is there in the latest piece from Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellick. Um, and we'll, we'll get back to what that might mean in terms of a, a season of approximately 50 games. I think we got to start focusing on that particular um, target and on the health and safety side, there's uh, was a piece that came out this weekend in the New York Daily News from uh, Bradford William Davis, and he checked in with 28 of uh, the health departments that are in the ju- local jurisdictions of um, major league teams. So 28 out of the 30 major league uh, markets, and um, out of those 28 local health departments, 
only five were contacted by the major league team that was in their jurisdiction as of June 2nd. That's very concerning to me, DVR. Um, do you have that same level of concern? Yeah, and I'm not sure if it's because of a perception of negligence on the part of the teams or if that's just a signal that there was so little progress toward an actual agreement that they didn't find even bothering to do that. Like, I'm not really sure which which makes me worry more. I guess the negligence would be even worse. Just not caring at all uh, in the grand scheme of things is probably worse. But it's really strange to see things at such an impasse and to still believe that there could even be a season, a 48-game season. That's the shortest season length that I've seen thrown out so far. I know it's only two games less than 50, and maybe it's because 50 is a nice round number and 50 is almost a third of a season. But the 48-game season has now kind of popped the why even bother into my head. You know, like if, if that's where the owners really are, prove it. Prove that you are better off with no season than with 48 games. Like show, show us with the lack of a season. I say that as someone who would be very negatively impacted by the lack of a baseball season entirely. So I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm frustrated. I, I I am losing hope in the negotiations because it just sounds like the league has very little interest in rekindling the conversation. It just seems like these two sides have have just hit a wall. Yeah, there was a piece on CBS Sports from Dane Perry and you know he expressed some uh uh the sentiment that, you know, in, in very similar terms as you just did DVR and basically just, uh, and I'm paraphrasing Dane here, but, you know, saying that uh, the owners are, are kind of just sitting on their hands um, and kind of waiting until the last possible moment, maybe to just increase the pressure to play a really short schedule or maybe with no intention of having a season at all. And, uh, you know, maybe by delaying it, maybe creating uh, an impression that uh, it's the player's fault. I don't know. Um, you know, and I think Dane was just speculating as well, but, uh, yeah, it's concerning. And like you said, uh, that, that finding from Bradford William Davis of, uh, only five local health departments, uh, being contacted by major league teams. I mean, what, whichever reason it is, it's not good. And this isn't just like a courtesy. I mean, this was built into major league baseball's plan for the teams to work with the local health departments. You know, obviously, that's that's something that would be required, and it was specified in the plan. So it, it's a concerning development. I mean, even if for some reason you think that uh, the owners and players will you know will come together soon, uh, that that's to me is a major stumbling block. So we are operating here in uh, as much uncertainty as we have all along. Uh, it doesn't seem to be getting any more certain or any better. But what I think, you know, the one piece of certainty I think that we do have at this point is that uh, they've blown through the deadline to have a, an 82 game season. So I think we're looking probably, if there's baseball, we probably are looking at a 50 game season or certainly something considerably less than than 82 games, maybe 60. Uh, I don't know what the best case scenario is. Top performers in business and sports often attribute their success to their morning routine, whether it's waking up early, setting their goals for the day, exercise, or meditation. But not everyone has the time to do it all. With Hydrant, you can jumpstart your mornings. 
Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There are no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You could save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code BASEBALL at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code BASEBALL for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code BASEBALL. I went through the exercise of looking at, I I wanted to look at what... um, fantasy rankings look like after about 50 games a year ago and see how jumbled those rankings would be. And uh, it was difficult. I couldn't really find a tool to do that. Um, other than I am in the not, not new league on fan graphs. Great, great format, by the way, highly recommend it. Um, and so there's an ability there to uh, through fan graphs, get new scoring. And so I looked at, uh, March, April, and May from last year uh, did rankings of odd new scoring. So it's basically, it's a point system uh, just to give you a very rough idea of what type of uh, league, what type of format it is. And um, I just looked at hitters. I'll, I'll take a look at pitchers and, and probably talk about that on Tuesday's show. But uh, the top 12 odd new hitters through the end of May 29th and most Players had played about 55 games at that point. So very, very close equivalent to what we'd be probably looking at this year if there's a season. Top 12 hitters in terms of this particular type of fantasy scoring. Here's how they ranked. Cody Bellinger, Josh Bell, Christian Yelich, Nolan Arenado, Mike Trout, Jorge Polanco. There's a name that doesn't fit in with the others. Jorge Polanco, uh, Trevor Story, Freddie Freeman, George Springer, Joey Gallo, Alex Bregman, and... Anthony Rizzo. That's your top 12. Doesn't look too jumbled to me. Not really, no. And I think, you know, for... I know Bellinger and and Yelich and Trout as elite of the elite early first rounders, like top dollar players in an auction. Um, You know, they they shouldn't be surprised to be on that list. But these all seem like higher floor early round guys, not the, the young players who get pushed up because of, you know, stolen base potential or the possibility of reaching the highest level of their career in the upcoming season, right? These are the the guys that projections tend to like for the most part. And I think Gallo popping up on there is also probably a reflection of Otto New uh, using an OBP or a walks-based point system as opposed to you know batting average, right? I think that's sure. part of it. And Gallo had a great first half, to, to, to be clear, before the injuries hit him last season. Uh, so yeah, that that's um, it's kind of an interesting list just because it's it's mostly floor guys with that one sort of outlier in Jorge Polanco, who I would also say is kind of a does everything and does everything well and just did it at a level that he couldn't quite sustain over the first half of last year as well. So it's a pretty interesting list. Yeah, it is. And uh, it kind of ran counter to, to what I was expecting, to be honest, because we're talking about roughly a third of a season, which again is probably the best case scenario that we're looking at for this year. And I thought it would, I thought be a, a lot crazier, a lot, uh, many more names that you wouldn't expect to be in a season and list. Um, 
a season end list wouldn't necessarily have to be that different from that list from, uh, you know, the first two months. Um, so I've been seeing a lot of analysts on Twitter talk about wanting to go for players with more variance, higher ceiling, um, in a shortened season, I totally understand the logic in that, but I feel like, and again, this is just one season and one fifty-five, roughly 55 game snapshot of one season. But, um, do you see much appeal to that, that strategy? Or do you think that even though we're dealing with uh, a smaller sample, uh, affecting people's scoring, uh, that we should draft more or less kind of like normal? think it should be more or less like normal because anytime you're building a roster it's similar at least in theory to the way you would build a portfolio of, of stocks where you know you want to have uh, stability but you also want to have appropriate amounts of risk and I think in fantasy baseball you're talking about uh, mid-round players who over a full season might have a, a 40 home run ceiling that'd be Oakland's Chris Davis, for example, or Domingo Santana might be an even cheaper player who could just go off and just be a great source of power over a short stretch. Like I think you still want to take shots on even older players, slightly older players like that who could exceed expectations and sprinkle in you know, your, your mix of young players who are underpriced, right? Dylan Carlson types, if we're talking about position players and uh, if we had any path for, you know, a Jared Kelnick or something along those lines, he, of course, would fit into that group as well. But I think I'm still building teams mostly the same way that I always do, because I'm always trying to have a few players who significantly exceed projections at a low price. So uh, I, at least from the hitter perspective and the the balance of what I'm looking for so far, I don't have any major adjustments to how I'd like to build a team for, you know, a 50, 55 game, a, a much shorter season. Yeah. And especially after doing this exercise, I'd be inclined to, to take the same approach. And I, again, I do understand the appeal of going for players with upside um, in, a, in a short season where maybe there's a better chance of them to achieve that. Of course, there's, you know, greater risk too. So um, you have to take that into account, but Normally, I would be taking those shots uh, in the mid to late rounds, and I think I would continue to do that. I don't think I would necessarily bump up certain players. But at looking at ADPs, there were a handful of players that are, at least to my estimation, a little bit riskier and might require an earlier draft pick to get them. So I, I want to get your, uh, your, your thinking on whether or not to treat uh, a handful of, of hitters differently. Cattell Marte, uh, it seems like overall the community is not really trusting his 2019 results, but the upside is clearly there for Marte. So do you maybe reach a little bit for him uh, in a shorter season? I think he'd be unchanged for me. Uh, I like him where he goes. His ADP is probably in that 35 to 40 range, depending on what site you'd look at and which window of drafts you're looking at. Uh, I, I trust most of the breakout from last year. I think it was multi-year skills growth, and I think it is mostly sustainable. So uh, he's a guy that doesn't move one way or the other for me. Yeah, well, I'm looking here at uh, Fantasy Pros, which is um, composite uh, rankings and, and ADP. 
both in terms of the composite expert rankings and ADP. He ranks fourth among second base eligible players. Uh, just a little bit behind Ozzy Albies. Um, Glaber Torres is actually number one in ADP, number three in expert consensus. Uh, but I, you know, based on last season, I think you could argue taking Marte ahead of Torres and, and Albies. But so you're 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 content not to do that. No, I'm 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 good to not do that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, take a look at a few others. Uh, and this is a player, if I recall correctly, uh, DVR, that you are not very optimistic about, uh, and that's Danny Santana. And I, I have trouble thinking of a player whose floor and ceiling are probably higher or, or farther apart. Um, so I think he's a great example of somebody that in a short season, maybe it's it's worth bumping him up, bumping him up a little bit. Yeah, I'm a little more likely to take him in a short season. I think, especially after what we saw a year ago, there's power and there's speed. It just comes with poor plate discipline. But there's there's less time for the Rangers to find someone else to replace him. So if he gets off to a fast start, there's no reason for them to take his job away. They don't really have a lot of interesting prospects knocking on the door to take over his primary spot, which is actually going to be center field to begin this season. Uh, so while I don't like the the plate skills in the long run, in a shorter window, I would say, yes, I, I'm more likely to roster Danny Santana. I don't know if I would bump him up a lot, but uh, he might make a lot of sense as a guy who can help in at least, at least power and speed, at least in homers and steals, even if batting average uh, is going to be more middle of the road. I mean, most projections are between 247 and 267. He hit 283 last year. It's hard to hit 280 plus when you strike out nearly 30% of the time. Yeah. And I, I do recall that as being a reason that you were uh, very concerned about, uh, uh, you know, really uh, going out on a limb for him. So it's understandable. Manny Machado is also interesting too. Um, I think that there is some variance between the ceiling and the floor for him. And he's really pretty buried in the, the shortstop uh, rankings in terms of ADP on fantasy pros. He is 12th just behind Jonathan VR and 14 spots. Am I, yeah, 14 spots behind uh, Alberto Mondesi. So there's a lot of room for him to move um, in those, those rankings. And, um, you know, and it's understandable that there'd also be some variance of opinion with Machado because even just last year, he was uh, much, much worse. The last two months of the season was, you know, really did pretty well right through the end of July. So which, which Machado do you get? Um, given how bunchy shortstop is and how high Machado's ceiling could be and how much room there is to potentially move him up in the position, would you do that? I would probably leave him where I had him, but I liked him more than the market throughout draft season anyway. So he's not moving for me because I already liked him, I guess is the the answer here. I think the weird thing is, you go back and forth these last four years from 290s batting averages to 250s. The run production is consistent, even in his down year last year, still hit 32 home runs because of where he hits in that order. Run production is really steady. Uh, the projections are almost in steady agreement on what he's going to do between 270 and 272 with the average for the, the five systems that are there on fan graphs all over a full season. Had him in the low to mid 30s for a home run total. And I mentioned uh, the run production. Four out of those five systems have him projected 
for more than 100 runs batted in, too. I mean, he does everything. That's a team on the rise, ticks all the boxes for me, even with the depth at shortstop. Machado is one of my favorite early round values this season. Yeah, well, uh, I, good thing I don't have any more drafts with you uh, this year because uh, we, were, we seem to be thinking about these players very similarly. Um, also, just as an aside, has anybody ever had a weirder stolen base trend year to year than Machado? <laughs> no, no, I, I really can't recall anyone. Yeah, so strange, that, especially that one season with zero steals. Um, but one last player, John Carlos Stanton, I don't think I have to really talk much about why um, he'd be difficult to uh, to rank. Uh, whether it's a short season or a long season, but uh, the shorter season, does that make you any more inclined to uh, to take a bigger chance on him? Yeah, I, I like him. I mean, he's completely healthy again. When we saw him last year, he was making the usual extreme hard contact. Uh, we know Yankee Stadium, of course, is a hitter-friendly place. It's a great lineup around him. I mean, there's plenty of reasons to like Stanton. And at the top of that list for me is that he should enter if we have a second version of spring training, he should enter that completely healthy. Yeah. Uh, no reason to think that he wouldn't. So uh, along the same lines, Nando DeFino has uh, written a piece uh, for the athletic in the fantasy section, uh, the AD, ADP report. We haven't seen one of these for a while. And um, you know, it's, it's kind of good to be thinking about that again. And um, specifically he's looking at uh, players who have been, uh, rising in ADP uh, during the month of May. So the ADP report, Mining for Fantasy Gold, among the biggest risers in May, uh, May drafts, and that's by Nando DeFino. So that's our featured read of the day. Check that out. And uh, that's going to be it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. So we will be right back here uh, tomorrow for uh, Derek Van Riper. I'm Al Melchior, and we'll see you on Tuesday. 